Welcome to Revival is Here Again with Apostle Goodhart. God is about to speak directly to you as this message is guaranteed to impact your life. As you listen today, expect that God's Word has been sent in your direction to bring about revival, healing, restoration, and transformation. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me to receive God's Word through His choice vessel, Apostle Goodhart O. Equeme. Turn together with me to Daniel 11.32. AMPC James 4.8. Daniel 11.32. Let's read together the Amplified Classic. At the count of three. One to three go. And such as violate the covenant, he shall pervert and seduce with flatteries. But the people who know their God shall prove themselves strong and shall stand firm and do exploits for God. Now, I think I read alone. Let's read together as a family. Count of three, one, two, three again. One, two, three, go. And such as violate the covenant, he shall pervert and seduce with flatteries. But the people who know their God shall prove themselves strong and shall stand firm and do exploits for God. Shout a big amen. amen. James 4, 8, KJV, and then the AMPC. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Amplify Classic, come close to God and he will come close to you. Recognize that you are sinners. Get your soiled hands clean. Realize that you have been disloyal, wavering individuals with divided interest and purify your hearts of your spiritual adultery. If an assignment a clarion call to intimacy, part number two. A clarion call to intimacy. Our Father and our God yet again on bending knees with hearts and hands raised to you as our sign of worship, but yet our sign of surrender to your rulership, to your lordship, to your majesty, and to your sovereignty. I beseech you to take a call of fire from the altar of heaven yet again. Anoint my lips and my tongues of clay that this hour I will come to these your precious people in person, online, with a thus said the Lord. With us always that the glory be yours. We thank you for doing this and much more. In Jesus' wondrous name we pray. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. You may please be seated comfortably in God's wonderful presence. A clarion call to intimacy. For those who joined us in the very first Sunday morning of the month, last Sunday in particular, uh, I began this discourse relating to intimacy with God. And by way of recap, I mentioned that there is a scripture God gave us as we crossed over into this year, crossover service, precisely in Daniel 11.32, that I believe the Lord in his mercy is having us revisit again in this last few days, weeks, and months of the year. The other second scripture that I believe, if you remember, the Lord gave us is Jeremiah 20.11. It says, but the Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one. 
Therefore my persecutors shall stumble and they shall not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed for they shall not prosper. Their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. I believe it's important to consider or reconsider these two scriptures as something we should desire to end the year with. The first one speaks about the place of intimacy with God, making us understand that those who do exploits in the day and age we live in now are those who take time to build intimacy with God. But also Jeremiah 20, 11 tells us about our defense and our protection as related to all the tests and trials we'll face, not only this year, but beyond this year. In summary, I believe this year was designed by God for all intents and purposes to bring us individually, but to bring us corporately as a family um, an inch, a kilometer, a mile, a distance closer as pertaining to our walk of intimacy with God. I began to point out last Sunday morning how it is that we must be willing to pay the price to know him more because the benefits and the blessings of paying that price far outweighs the cost of the price. We saw a man called Apostle Peter by the beautiful gate called Beautiful and saw a crippled man lame for 38 years and he said, I don't have silver and gold, but there's something I have. I have the name of Jesus. And said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And I began to say that as valuable as wealth, as riches are or is, uh, eternal riches or spiritual riches are far more valuable than natural riches because natural riches are fleeting. They are time bound. They fade in the course of time. We learned over and over again that the law of decay and corruption acts upon anything and everything in this life. But regarding spiritual virtues and values, uh, corruption doesn't affect them in any way possible. So Paul or Peter said, one thing I have is the power that is in the name of the Lord and faith is that name. And so therefore in that name, rise up and walk. And this man who had been crippled for many years, rose up to walk. And the point is, what you don't pay the price to receive, you will not be able to use or utilize. Listen carefully. Uh, except you and I are willing to spend qualitative time with God to draw down from him, we'll have nothing, absolutely nothing to give our generation. Now, if you hug somebody um, who had just come out from his house, dressed very wonderfully, put on some fragrance, some perfume, cologne, whatever it's called, and you hug that person, you're bound to leave that person smelling like the person because of intimacy or cononia you had with the person, they warm embrace. Oh, yeah. Likewise, also, beloved, our spending time with God will invariably make us leaving him with the fragrance of his presence. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a degree and extent to which you spend qualitative time with God. Literally, his presence will rub off on you. People will see you, wouldn't just see you, but they'll see the cloud of his presence around him. That is what God intends for us to do or how he intends for us to live as believers, to spend time with him, then leave him with that Shekinah and go to affect our world positively and influence our world positively. It was said concerning Moses. From time to time, he would go in, into the high mountain or into the tabernacle and commune with God, commune with God. And when he would come down from the mountain, 
to begin to speak to the children of Israel. It was told they saw that his face shone bright. He had to cover his face with a veil. What, what made his face shine? He had spent moments of intimacy with Abba Father. Likewise, saying, spending time with God will cause his presence to rub off on you. Hallelujah to Jesus. Shout a big amen. amen. Shout a big amen. amen. Now, there are two dimensions of the presence of the Lord. One is the omnipresence. As the psalmist declared in Psalm 139, if I go to the mountain, you're there. Go to the valley, you're there. To the rivers, you're there. Wherever I go, you're there. That is his omnipresence. He says in Hebrews 13 verse 5, he will never leave you nor forsake you. That is his omnipresence. He is with you today as he was with our forebears, forefathers, two, three thousand years ago. As he is with our, whoever will be here next hundred years, he'll be with them. So that's God, his omnipresence. But you see, in addition to his omnipresence, there's something called his manifest presence. Kayatabala. That is what we want to look at, want to desire to carry his manifest presence where he decides to literally showcase himself in a very evident way in a place in a time. The Bible declares where two or three are gathered in the name of the Lord, there he is in their midst. What? He is committed to manifesting himself where two or three believers gather in the name, in the name, in the name. Believers, Saint God designed you and I to be carriers of his presence. Shout out again, amen. And by the way, one of the distinguishing marks of a believer, a child of God, is not the sticker on your car, not the badge on your face. One of the distinguishing marks of a true saint is that he's a carrier of the presence of the Lord. Now, look at Exodus 33. You find that there was a continual dialogue between God and Moses, by extension, the children of Israel, God was angered with them. He called them a stick-necked people. He said, hey, you guys, you, you go on and go to, to Canaan. Go into the land I promised you. I, I wouldn't go with you. You're stick-necked. You're rebellious. <laughs> Moses said, wait a minute. No, 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 no. God, I'm paraphrasing now. He said, no, 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 no. Don't take us into Canaan if you will not go with us. Ah, yeah, yeah. Don't take us into Canaan if you're presence will not go with us. And he said, how shall it be said or be known that you are with us if your presence does not go with us? Hallelujah. So Moses was saying, the mark amongst many of distinction of believers is that they are carriers of his presence. Hallelujah. Praise God, somebody. Your desire to be a carrier of his presence Present, what I call a mobile ark. When you step into your company, step into your office, hey, because you're a carrier of his presence, things ought to shift and change. Hallelujah to Jesus. Praise God. A man of God got into a plane, and, and I heard this story. He said, when he stepped into a plane, the, the, the waiter said, hey, uh, who are you? He said, what do you mean? I said, because when you came in, something shifted. Hey, when you step into a place, some things to be displaced. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And some things ought to be replaced. Demons should be on the run when you carry God and you show up. Hello, somebody? 
Hello, somebody. Listen, Dagon was in his own temple, uh, priding himself until the Ark of Covenant was brought into the temple of Dagon. Hello, somebody. When a higher power, a higher anointing came into where Dagon was, guess what? Dagon bowed down. You are designed to be a Mogba Ark that will cause infirmity to bow down, sickness to bow down disease to bow down delays to, but you've got to work on it to be a carrier of his presence hallelujah Moses said hey if your presence will not go with us don't take us there you see if God made that offer to many of us in our day and age we'll take the offer what is the offer I'm going to give you a brand new car without me oh well I want the car I want the blessing hey if God said I'm going to make you the present without me said well I want to be the present I'm going to give you this you'll be married with me you see we want the blessings but we fail to understand listen carefully you can have the blessings but if you don't have the God of the blessings listen carefully you can never sustain the blessings Moses knew it that Canaan is not Canaan without you. Hey, we got to know that heaven is not heaven without what? The presence of God. It's not just about a land flowing with milk and honey. No, it's about his presence. What makes heaven heaven is what? His presence. Hallelujah. He said, don't take us out. No, we'll be here. You know what Moses said? Moses said, I'd rather be in the wilderness with you conduct than to be in Canaan without you. Do you get the message? We'd rather sit here in the wilderness as long as you're with us. Oh, no, no, no. Don't take us there except you're going with us. It was Moses that cried, show me your glory. Hallelujah. Show me your glory. This must be the heart cry of Rogicians in the last few days of the year. Show us your glory. Except your presence go with us. We are not living this year. No, sir. Ah, yeah, yeah. Let me declare to you. The year shall be a year of greater open doors. I let out a secret right there. Let me say it again. The, if you thought you saw, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Good heart, wow. If you thought you saw open doors in the year 2022, I tell you, get ready. Get ready. The world is about to hear from you. The fame of Jesus coming upon your life, upon this mandate, is about to be spread to nations. Why? It's a year of not just open doors. It's a year of G-O-D. It's a God year. It's a year of greater open doors. Clap your hands. Come on. You came early. Clap your hands and shout hallelujah. A year of G-O-D. Greater. Open doors. <laughs> Greater open doors. If you thought you've gone global this year, greater open doors. If you thought you saw the power of God this year, greater open doors. If you thought you smelled, you touched the tangible manifest presence of God this year, greater open doors. Hallelujah. It's my year of G-O-D. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Matthew 25 tells us in the words of Jesus, 
parable, I believe it is, about ten wise virgins. And it's very instructive to listen up to the conversation between the five wise and the five foolish virgins. I read from Matthew 25, verses 3 to 4, NLT. The five who were foolish. Huh. And, and by the way, when God says you are foolish, it's not an insult. It's only a statement of fact. Men may insult you, or you're a fool. No, when God says you're foolish, it's a fact. It's not an insult. So if you don't want to be foolish, adjust yourself appropriately. It says, then the five, wise, five foolish ones asked the others, which were the five wise ones, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. In other words, what we have acquired is just enough for us that acquired it. You get it? It won't be enough for all of us, which means the five wise and the five foolish. So they counsel the foolish virgins. Go. Go, you go, go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. Ah, yeah. So the issue is this, it was not that possibly they did not have money to buy. Track with me. It's more than likely that they had what to buy with but they refuse to engage in the process of buying. Mm. Now, the word buy should not in any way um, confuse you to limit to dealing with money. The word buy simply means an exchange. In the days of old, our forebears did not buy with money. They engage in what is called trade by butter. My yam for your chicken. My goat for your yam. That was purchasing. So don't just think when you hear the word buy, it has to do with money. We'll get there. But you go to a shop and buy some for yourself. Now look at verse 8 to 9, NLT. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. Ah, yeah. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop. Buy some for yourself. Now, verse 3 says again, I read again for, your, for emphasis. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for the lambs. But the other five, hear this, were wise enough to take along extra oil. So it is wisdom, my God, in this journey called life, ah, because of the pressures that are natural with doing life, 
is wisdom to buy extra oil for the journey. Just like God said to the angel to say to Elijah in 1 Kings 19 three times. Under a juniper tree, afraid of a woman, Jezebel. God said, hey, Elijah, the journey you are embarking is a great one. Hmm. And the only way you can survive this journey is this. If you eat and drink. Because if you don't eat and drink sufficiently for the journey, there will be demands along the way. Demand in your health. Demand in your finances. Demand concerning attacks coming to your mind. Demand concerning your well-being, protection, preservation. There will be demands. And you need enough oil within you to be able to respond appropriately to the demands of life. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. So you go and buy oil yourself. So we see, the point is this. Nobody can quite buy oil for you. I know in 2 Kings we read about a story about the, the widow of Elijah that came to Elijah. If I'm correct, no, Elisha. Am I correct? Elisha. I say, hey, your servant, my, my husband, is dead and he's, he's in credit. And the creditors have come. Mm. to take my children. What should I do? Elisha said to her, what do you have in your house? And she said, nothing. Because many times when God asks us this simple question, we, say, we don't have anything. But there is something left. See, you know, there's something left. You know why? God is so merciful. God is so kind. He will never allow the devil to succeed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what he came to hear this morning. That the, the God will never allow the devil to succeed at taking everything from you. Oh, say amen. I know you've lost some things along life's journey, but look in what? Listen, there's still certain things remaining. You may not value them, but there are certain things remaining. And if you take that thing remaining and place in the hand of Jesus, you will be surprised what he will make out of your lunchbox of five loaves and two fish. Listen, some things are still remaining. I know you were born with your leg twisted. Listen, some things are still remaining. I know your parents left you at a young age. You became an orphan at nine, ten. There's still some things remaining. Oh, come on, come on, listen, listen. The Bible says, you strengthen the things that remain. You know why? God knows if you can identify what you've got left and represent it to him, he's going to restore everything you lost. Can I speak to you this Sunday morning? I don't know what you lost, but I know you couldn't have lost everything. Why? Not on the watch of your heavenly father. Now, there are things remaining. There's a song remaining. There's a narrow remaining. There is a dollar. There's a clap. There's a jump. There is a prayer. Listen, there's something remaining. If you can take that back to God, everything you lost is coming back. You lost some money. Let me prophesy. If you can praise God this morning, your money is coming back. You thought you lost your health. Listen, weeping may endure through the night. The Bible says joy comes in the morning. What am I saying? The God we serve 
is able to recover and restore if only you identify that by his mercy something is remaining. What do you have in your house? Hello, somebody. What do you have in your house? And the prophet said to her, Hey, tell your boys, Elijah's servant, wife and children incorporated, you go and borrow vessels. So vessels are to be borrowed. You don't borrow oil. Vessels are to be borrowed. Oil is tailor made to you. There is an oil kondagaba. You see, for many years, Kenny, I try to be like other preachers. I try to be like him, like them, like them, like them. But after a while, some years ago, I came to myself. I realized, listen, I can't be a Kenneth E. Hagen. I can't be Archbishop Benson in Dahosa. I can't be T.L. Osborne. I can't be David Winnebaugh. I can't be anybody. Kupla, no. Listen, baby, this guy is just good heart, incorporated. So I said, wait a minute. Enjoy being you. So I shout, I jump, I dance, I run. Why? That is good heart. Guess what? That's my oil. My Kopele Malaya. When it's time for the oil of Jake's to be wanted on the stage of this world, Jake's will show up. It's time for the oil of Pastor E. Anyway, he will show up. W.F. Kumi, he will, but guess what? When it's time for your oil to show up, guess what? You will show up. Let me say to you, you're up next on the stage. Oh, your amen didn't get that. Let me say to you again, you are next on the stage. The stage, it will be the stage of revival, house of glory, international church. It will be the stage of home. Hey, what? The stage is turning and you are next on the stage. You are next. I'm speaking in deep parables. You are next. You are next. Tell him, but I'm next. I'm next. I'm not about to blow my opportunity. Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, no. You're next. You're next, baby. You're next. The stage, look at the lights. They're about to shine on you. You're next. Forget what you see, what you feel. You don't know. Greatness is born in a manger. Hey, you are next. <laughs> Go borrow vessels. Read books, borrow vessels. Borrow the minds of those who went ahead of you. Don't think you have it all. Borrow vessels. As many as you can borrow. Guess what? That oil that is unique to you, no matter how small the oil is, just begin to pour. Begin to pour. Pour into the vessel you borrowed. But that's why every month I take time to think through and recommend books to you. Why? Today's readers are tomorrow's leaders. Listen, listen. There is a limit that God can use you if your mind doesn't expand. You've got to expand your mind. Believe in miracles. Believe in signs. and Believe in the God of Solomon. Believe in the God who can do. Your mind must explode. But some of your mind is just too small. When I talk about your church, my no, no. The stage is turning. The lights are about to shine upon it. It's about to be your turn. But minds are too small. Books, 
open your mind to the possibilities of God. Their vessels begin to pour them in and pour them in. As you pour, as you pour, your vessels borrowed will limit to the extent your oil can flow. That means it wasn't about the oil in the first place that limited. No, no, no. It's about the container. Oh, I want to go home now. Listen, listen, listen. I came to tell you. The stage is turning and God is telling us, you and I, to increase our capacity. Ah, for the miraculous. For the supernatural. For the global stage. Increase your, increase your capacity, your diction, your, your understanding, how to present yourself. That when you speak, people from different tongues and tribe will hear you. Don't stop at being a local champion. No, sir. No, the stage is turning your decks on the stage. Increase your capacity, your depth, your brevity. Increase it. Expand your thinking. Somebody once said, when God puts a four by four idea, in a two-by-two two mind, it will explode your mind. There are things God seeks to do in your life, but your mind is too small. Ah, we from, from we hear like this, we now we we no, sir. Your mind is too small. From this local tent, there, no, sir, it's too small. <laughs> Expand your capacity. Go borrow vessels. As you borrow vessels, I must tell you, oil can only be bought. Oil can only be bought. Vessels can be borrowed. Oil can only be bought. That means there's a price to pay. The higher the call, the greater the price. There are things God has begun to show me about the coming season and warn me. If you don't take time to do what you ought to do now, the stage will turn and you will run and realize yourself. The way to run in the kingdom is not by running, it's by waiting. That's a paradox. It's a mystery. The way to run in the spirit is to wait. And waiting is not easy. To just wait. The, the 120 waiting in the upper room, doing what? Just waiting for the Holy Ghost to come. The flesh likes activity. It likes to run up and down. And the ministry of Martha is exciting. <laughs> but God said, Wait! They that wait upon the Lord. They shall what? Mount up with wings as eagles. Then they will run. Then they will walk. Rise on your feet. Receive grace to pant after him in this season. Ah, to go from the outer court. Receive grace to the holy of holies. Let it be your quest. Want to hear a praying chat for one minute? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We'll give you praise. We'll give you praise. Lord, we thank you for the open heavens we are enjoying in this service already. Ah, we cry for more, more of your hand, more of your presence, power upon this house. We receive miracles, healings and signs and wonders for the rest of this service. Breakthroughs unending, transformation, soul saved, bodies healed. And we'll vast always to give you all of the praise and the glory. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now clap your hands. Shout to God.
We believe that you have been tremendously blessed by the ministry of Apostle Goodhart Obi Ekweme. It is our conviction that this message has begun a mighty work in your life, and we pray that the grace for prompt obedience to the Word of God will rest upon you. We look forward to hear and celebrate your testimonies with great expectations.